All right, so we are wrapping up our, our teaching series. And for the past few weeks, we've been talking about how to break this cycle that we see in our culture of hookup, breakup, heartbreak. And the reason we've been doing this is because we want dating to be a blessing in your life rather than a burden. Like when you look back on your dating experience years from now, when you're married or you're in college, I don't want you to look back on your dating experience as a, as a negative time full of regrets, but I want you to be able to look back on it as a positive experience in your life. So, so far during this series, we, we've talked about a few different things. We talked about the importance of dating the right person at the right time for the right reason. We looked at the importance of having guardrails in our dating relationships, that guardrails exist in order to protect you and also to protect the person that you're dating. And the last week, Morgan did, a, did an awesome job talking about finding contentment in whatever season of life that you're in. But tonight, what I want us to do is I want us to kind of change the, the focus a bit. The past few weeks have all been about how you should approach dating, things you should look for, things you should try to avoid. It's been very outward focused. But tonight, I want each of you to kind of turn that focus inward and take a look at yourself and, and take a look at your life. And the question I really want you to think about and to consider tonight is this, are you a person worth dating? Are you the kind of person who is worth Dating. That's the question I want us to be thinking about tonight as we go through this message. How many of you have been car shopping before? How many of you have been car shopping? Okay, a number of you in here, either for your own car, you've been with your, with your parents. You know, when you go car shopping, and some of you, you're going to have this, this awesome experience soon. I've never been car shopping in my life. I still whip around in my 03 Toyota Camry. Yeah! And I'm delaying car shopping as long as possible. I at least got another five good years with my Camry. We're gonna rock it out for a while. But when you go car shopping, you typically have in your mind an idea of, of what you want. Like you know the, the kind of vehicle you want. Do you want a sedan that has two doors or four doors? Do you want a, do you want a truck? Do you want an SUV, a big one or a small one? You kind of know the, the kind of vehicle you want. You have an idea of like the range in terms of the year of the car and how many miles it has on it. Like you might show up thinking, I don't want anything older than a 2015, and I don't want anything more than 50,000 miles. You have an idea of how, how old you want it to be. You probably have an idea of, of the like, um, upgrades you want in it, some of the features. You might want the leather seats, get a little fancy, or the, the sunroof action, or a, uh, the, the, the camera when you're backing up so you don't run into your parents' trash can, or, or the mailbox, you have some of those features that you want. But you have this list of expectations for the car that you're looking for. And you kind of bring that list when you go car shopping. And you see, typically, this is the way that we approach dating. Like, we have a list of expectations for the person that we're going to date. Like, there's certain boxes that we're wanting them to check. It, it sounds vain, but all of us have a certain box we're, we're wanting to check when it comes to, to how they look. Like you've got your type. You know what you're kind of interested in. You, you want to make sure they check that box. You probably have a, a, a box that you want to check in terms of their personality. You know, are you looking for somebody who's really outgoing or really funny or, or more reserved? You probably have an idea in terms of like, I want them to have similar interests as me. So we have things that we can talk about, things that we can bond over. You want them to have the same kind of values and, and beliefs. 
But so much of our focus when it comes to dating is about finding the right kind of person. We wanna find the right kind of person. And listen, this is important. Like you should have standards. You should have non-negotiables. You should have things that you're looking for in somebody that you're gonna date. You don't wanna just settle for anybody. But we can become so focused, so concerned about finding the right kind of person that we lose sight of becoming the right kind of person. We can become so consumed with, I've gotta find this person that meets my expectations, that checks all these boxes, and you completely lose sight of the person that you're becoming. You see, when we think about ourselves in in kind of the context of dating, typically we only think about the external. We think about how we look, We wanna make sure our hair looks good, our skin looks good, our body looks good. We think about what we're wearing. Like, do I have the the nicest shoes on? Do I have a good outfit? Are are my clothes good enough? We think about how we're presenting ourselves. We think about, you know, kind of our our appearance on social media, the, the image that we're giving off. But we want to look a certain way. We want to look the part so that we can date the person we wanna date. But you see, when all of our focus, all of our attention is on our appearance and on how we look, we can end up neglecting who we are on the inside. And we end up not paying attention to our character. We don't pay attention to who we really are. We don't pay attention to the kind of person that we're becoming. And as a result, we don't become a person worth dating. We look great on the outside, but on the inside, there's some, some, some major issues. There's some things that we need to work on. You see, students, your character, who you are at the core, who you are in your heart, that is the most important thing about you. It's more important than your, your looks. It's more important than your personality. It's more important than what you're interested in. It's more important than your accomplishments because your character is the only thing that is going to last. Your character is going to outlast your appearance. Like at some point in life, you're not gonna look as good as you you, you look now. Guys, at some point, you're getting the dad bod. You can fight it as long as you want. I'm trying my hardest to fight it, but at some point, you're gonna get the, the dad bod. Your character is gonna outlast your appearance. Your character is gonna outlast your achievements and your accomplishments. Things you achieve in high school, things you achieve in in college, things you achieve in your career, those things are going to fade in importance and your character is going to outlast those. Your character, it's going to outlast your social status. Like five years from now, nobody will care that you were on SGA or that you were on homecoming court. 10 years from now, nobody will care how popular you were in college and what sorority or fraternity you, you were in. Your character outlasts all those things. And your character, catch this, your character is the only thing that you are going to carry with you from decade to decade. From your teens and your 20s and your 40s and your 60s, you will carry your character with you for the rest of your life. And listen to what the Bible has to say about this. Proverbs 31.30, it says that charm, having a good personality, being able to kind of win people over, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. Good looks, beauty, they don't last, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. 
1 Samuel 16, 7 says this, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. They look at the external. But the Lord looks at the heart. You see, God is much more concerned with your character than your appearance. God is more focused on who you are on the inside than who you are on the outside. So if you want to have a relationship that lasts, a relationship that's healthy, a dating relationship one day, a marriage one day, then you need to pay attention to what is going on on the inside. You need to be developing the right kind of character. Because your character is the most important thing that you are going to bring into a dating relationship and eventually into a marriage. So what kind of character do you need to develop in order to become a person worth dating? For the next few minutes, what I wanna do is I wanna give you three character traits that I would encourage you to pursue to begin to develop to become a person worth dating. And whether you've already dated, you've never dated, you're you're about to date, I think these will have relevance and application for your life. As followers of Jesus, these are things we need to be pursuing and developing. So the first one is this, if you want to be a person worth dating, you need to be a person of integrity. A person of integrity. So what is integrity? If you, if you Google the word integrity, the, the definition that you'll come up with is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. And I would agree with this. I, I think that's a, an accurate definition. But integrity is so much more than that. Integrity isn't just about telling the truth and having good morals and, and being a good person. Integrity is about living a life of consistency. Consistency, where you are the same person regardless of the context that you're in, meaning that there aren't multiple versions of you. There's not a church version where you act one way, and then a school version where you act differently, and a work version and a sports version of you. There's not a social media version and then a real life version of you. There is one version. You are the same. You are consistent regardless of where you are or who you're with. And listen, I I know this is so difficult during middle school and high school. It's going to be difficult during college as well because there is so much pressure for you to conform and to fit in, for you to change who you are so that you'll be be liked, so that you'll be accepted, so that you'll be included. But what we see is that people they end up becoming a product of their environment. They completely change who they are so that they'll fit in. They change who they are so that they'll be liked and included. I mean, you see this all the time. You've maybe experienced this. You've maybe witnessed this. You see people, they change the way they talk. Like depending on who they're with or what friend group they're they're in, they change the way they talk. They change the, the language that they use. You'll see people, they'll change the way they dress in order to kind of fit in with the group. You see people, they'll change their their actions. They change the way they treat people. They change their, their values and their principles. They try to conform in order to fit in. But if you are going to live a life of integrity, it means that you must remain the same 
even as your situation changes, even as the context changes, the way you speak remains the same, the way you act and treat people remains the same, your values and your principles remain the same. There is consistency in your life. There aren't multiple versions of who you are. There's just one version. You're living a life of integrity. Listen to what Proverbs says about this. Proverbs chapter 10, verse nine says this. Whoever walks, whoever lives in integrity, they walk securely. But whoever takes a crooked path will be find, found out. Proverbs 11.3 says this, the integrity of the upright, it guides them, it directs them. But the unfaithful, those who are deceptive, those who change who they are, are destroyed by their duplicity. Integrity means there is consistency in who you are regardless of where you are. But integrity, it also means that there is consistency between what you say you believe and how you actually live. Because you see, it's your actions, not your words, that reveal what you truly believe. You can tell somebody all day long that you're a Christian. You can tell somebody all day long that you believe in God and you wanna follow Jesus and you have all of these beliefs. But it's how you actually live, what you actually do, that proves whether or not you really believe it. Integrity means you don't just say you believe something. Integrity means you actually live it out. Integrity means you don't just say the right things. You actually do the right things. And in 1 John, John writes about this very idea. Listen to what he says. He says, this is the message that we have heard from Jesus and that we now declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, if we claim to be a follower of Jesus, and yet walk in the darkness, he says that we lie and we do not live out the truth. You see, when our actions, when they don't match up, when they're not consistent with our beliefs, scripture says that we lie, that we don't live out the truth. Other parts of the Bible would describe that as being a hypocrite. Nowadays, you would describe that as, as being fake. But integrity means that you live a life of consistency. And as followers of Jesus, we have been called to live with integrity. So, so what does this look like in dating? What does this have to do with dating? I wanna give you kind of a few examples of how this plays out when it comes to, to a dating relationship one day. To live a life of integrity, it means that you honor your word and you actually follow through on what you say you're gonna do. It means that you don't break your promises. It means that you don't lie and, and manipulate. It means that you don't twist and bend the truth to try to get what you want. No, your word, what you say, it can be trusted. You're somebody who's, who's honest that people can believe. It also means that you protect the other person's confidence. Like if you're dating somebody and they confide in you, they share something personal with you, they open up with you, you keep that to yourself. You don't run around to your friends running your mouth about what they told you, telling people at school. And if you break up, you don't go around trying to ruin their reputation, gossiping about them, slandering them, airing out all their dirty laundry to everybody. No, integrity means you protect their confidence. 
Integrity means that the person you're dating knows who you really are. They don't know some fake version of you where you're pretending to be something just so that they'll like you. You're not putting on a show just so that they'll date you. No, they know who you are. You're not pretending, you're not faking, you're able to be your true self. And finally, integrity means that they know what you really believe. Like you don't just talk about, hey, I wanna honor God with our relationship. You don't just talk about, I wanna honor Jesus and follow him and do the right things. No, you actually live them out. You put into practice what you say you believe. There is consistency between what you say and what you do. If you're gonna be a person worth dating, you need to be a person of integrity. Secondly, what I want you to see tonight is you need to be a person of humility. A person of humility. You know, I think there's, there's a lot of misconception around this idea of, of what it means to, to be humble and to be a person of humility. Some people think it means that you just don't brag, that you're not cocky, that you're not arrogant. That's what it means to be humble. Some people think it means that you're just kind of, you kind of beat yourself down. You walk around with your head down. You don't draw any attention. You keep the spotlight off yourself. But here, here's what integrity is. This is the, the, the or in humility is. This is the best definition I've ever heard for humility. It comes from, from C.S. Lewis. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. It's not walking around saying, I'm such a loser. I don't do anything right. I don't want any attention. It's simply saying, the world doesn't revolve around me. I'm not the number one priority all the time. I'm not only gonna think about myself. And the Apostle Paul in Philippians, he talks about this very idea. He says this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, instead, in humility, you need to value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Humility means that you value other people above yourself. You aren't just looking out for your own interests and your own wants and your own needs, but you are considering the interests and the needs of others. In fact, you are putting what they need ahead of what you want. You're laying aside what you want for the benefit of somebody else. So here's what that would look like in dating. Here's what that it would look like in that context. It means that you realize that dating isn't just about you. That the person you're dating, they don't just simply exist to make you happy. They're not just around to, to, to meet your needs and entertain you and to help you feel like you're, you're not alone. No, you are looking out for each other's interests. You are putting their needs, their interests ahead of your own needs and your own interests. And let me give you just a, a very practical, very real example of this. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the importance of having guardrails and boundaries in our relationships and our dating relationships. And, and one of the areas that we talked about where this is very difficult is when it comes to the, to the physical aspect of dating. You see, when you push the boundaries physically, in a dating relationship, when you go too far, too fast, you are putting your own interests ahead of that other person. You aren't thinking about what's best for that person you're dating long term. You're thinking about what is best for you in that moment. 
But here's what humility looks like. Humility puts their interests ahead of your own interests. Meaning that you aren't just thinking about yourself, you're not just thinking about what you want in that moment, but you're thinking about what is best for this other person. You're thinking about their future. And the fact that most likely, this is not the person that you're gonna marry. And you're thinking about, do I want them to have to have a conversation with their spouse one day about what's gonna happen right now? It looks like you thinking about their reputation. The fact that if we do this and then we break up, there's gonna be a lot of chatter about them and they're probably gonna get labeled a certain way. It means that you're thinking about their relationship with the Lord and realizing if we go further, if we cross this line, if we push this boundary, I am causing this person to sin and I'm driving a wedge between them and their relationship with God. Humility says, I'm going to put what is best for them ahead of what I want in this moment. I'm gonna say no to what I want so that I can honor this person even if they don't wanna honor themselves. Even if it's not a priority to them, even if they say they don't care and they're willing to, I'm gonna think about what is best for this person long term. What is best for their relationship with God? What is best for their reputation? And I'm gonna say no to what I want because I want to honor and value this other person. That's what humility looks like in a dating relationship. If you wanna be a person worth dating, you need to be a person who pursues humility. And finally, number three, you need to be a person of grace. You need to be a person of grace. Years ago, there was this conference held in, in London, um, and some of the most respected scholars and religious experts in the world, they gathered together to, to have a conversation and to debate about what is it that makes Christianity unique from all other religions? What, what makes it distinct? What sets it apart from all the other religions out there? And they're, they're debating, they're arguing, and some people are saying it's the, it's the incarnation, the fact that God came to earth. Some people are saying, no, 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 it's Jesus' miracles. Some are saying, no, it's the, it's the resurrection. That's what makes Christianity unique. There was all this conversation, all this debating, all this arguing, and C.S. Lewis, he walks into the room. C.S. Lewis, he's the guy who, who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. Most of you have probably heard of that. He walks in the room, and he's like, hey, what, what are you debating about? What are, what are you arguing about? And they said, we're trying to figure out what makes Christianity unique, what makes it distinct, and C.S. Lewis says, oh, that's, that's easy. That's easy. It's grace. Grace is what makes Christianity unique from all other religions and all other worldviews. And here's what grace is. Grace is the unmerited, meaning the, the unearned favor of God. It is God freely giving to us what we don't deserve, what we haven't earned. And every single one of us in this room, if you are alive, if you are breathing, you have greatly benefited from the grace of God. God has freely extended to you his love. 
God has extended to you his salvation from your sin. God has extended to you the gift of eternal life. God has extended his friendship and his peace and his joy to you. And there's absolutely nothing that you've done to earn it or to deserve it. In fact, you have done millions of things to disqualify yourself from it, but God still offers it to you freely. And now, as followers of Jesus, if you consider yourself to be a follower of Jesus, we are called to embody the grace of God, to carry out the grace of God in our relationships and the way we treat other people. So what does this mean? What, what does this look like for us to carry out God's grace in our lives? Listen to what Paul writes in Colossians chapter three. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people who are holy and dearly loved, you have received God's grace Clothe yourselves, put on compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. Forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive just as the Lord forgave you. And over all these other virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Here's what grace looks like in a dating relationship. Here's what grace will look like one day in a, in a marriage relationship. Grace looks like not keeping a record of wrongs. You know, for many people, their relationship, both dating relationships and, and marriage relationships, it's built on the idea of scorekeeping. Where if you do something good, you do something nice, you go out of your way to, to do something for me, well then you get some points. But if you mess up, if you do something wrong, you're gonna lose points. And in the relationship, whoever has the most points, well, they're the ones with all the power. They're the ones who have the upper hand. They're the ones who have the leverage. It's all about scorekeeping, keeping record of wrongs. But grace means that you are quick to forgive. That you don't hold on to a, to a grudge against that person you're in a relationship with. You don't hold their mistakes over their head. You don't bring up past offenses and past incidents when you're having an argument about something that has nothing to do with that. No, you choose to extend forgiveness just as God has extended forgiveness to you. Grace, it looks like patience. It looks like patience, meaning that you aren't trying to push a relationship along faster than they're comfortable with. You're not trying to force things to happen physically. You're not trying to force things to happen uh, emotionally with the relationship. No, you go at the same pace that they go at. And if they're wanting to go at a slower pace, if they're taking things slower right now, it means that you slow your pace to match their pace. You don't try to force them to speed up into something that they're uncomfortable with. Grace, it looks like gentleness and kindness with your words and your actions. Like you're, you're careful with the words that you use. You guard them. You, you seek to encourage them rather than criticize them. You seek to build them up rather than, than tear them down. You're, you're quick to listen, you're, you're slow to speak. You treat them the way that you want to be treated. You extend grace just like God has extended grace to you. So as we wrap up tonight, I, I just really want you to consider, as we, we're, we're finishing this series, we've talked about so many different things, I really want you to ask yourself, am I a person worth dating? 
Like, would I recommend myself to, to a friend? Like, do I have the, the kind of character that, that I need to have? Are you a person of integrity? Like, is there consistency in your life, consistency between what you believe and how you live, consistency regardless of who you're, you're with or what you're doing, you're the, you're the same? Are you a person of humility? Is everything always about you and how they can serve your needs and you put yourself first? Or do you say no to what you want so you can put other people's needs and other people's interests ahead of your own? And are you a person of grace? Are you quick to forgive? Are you, are you patient? Are you kind? Are you compassionate? Listen, students, your, your character who you are at the core, it is the most important thing about you. And it is the most important thing that you are going to bring into a relationship one day. And if you want to be a person who is worth dating, and then you need to really pay attention to who you are and to who you're becoming. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, God, tonight, as we, as we wrap up this series, uh, God, my prayer is that, that all of us in this room, whether we're, we're single, we're dating, we're married, God, that we would really take a look inward tonight at, at who we are at our core, at, take a look at our character. God, thank you that you don't look at us the way the world does. You don't judge us based on our, our looks and our appearance and our success and our achievements. God, you focus on our heart. And God, I, I, I just apologize for the times where I have put the external things ahead of, of what's going on in my heart. And Lord, my prayer for, for all of us in this room, God, is that we would, we would pay attention to who we are, that we would pay attention to, to who we're becoming. God, that as followers of Jesus, that we would be people of integrity, people of humility, people of grace, that we would follow and model the example that you have set for us. God, I pray for these students and their, their relationships, their friendships, their current dating relationships, their future relationships, their future marriages, God, that these would be relationships that honor you, that point people to you. God, that you would use us, that you would grow us. But God, we thank you that you love us unconditionally. God, that you have extended that grace and that mercy to us. We love you, Lord, and it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.